0: Okay, and we are live. So, welcome to episode 34 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host along with Nancy Minikotzi. My name is Lisa Nowakowski and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South
1: Monterey County. And I'm Nancy, an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County. And just a reminder that our format is
0: a 15-minute podcast because why? Because nobody's got time for more than that.
1: Absolutely. And tonight's coffee fact, if uh, we were just talking about how soon we have to go back to school, but if you still have some vacation time left and you love coffee, you might consider visiting the Unison, that's Y-U-N-E-S-S-U-N spa in Japan, southwest of Tokyo. You can soak in traditional hot springs, but you can also have green tea, red wine, or you guessed it, coffee. The coffee bath is supposed to be relaxing, reinvigorating, and good for your skin, but don't drink it after you've been soaking in it. Yuck, or
0: relaxing, (laughs) yes. All right, (laughs) so on to tonight's guest. Tonight we have David Platt, who uh, will be talking to us about lesson design and ELLs, our English language learners. So David, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, that sort of thing.
2: Well, um, first and foremost, I am married to a beautiful woman named Stephanie, and I have two children. Um, I love my kids. I have three dogs. Yeah, three, three dogs. Yes, I had to count. I have three dogs and um, a whole tank of fish. I am a teacher. I have been teaching for 17 years um, and teaching German. For that time and also computer applications and uh, now computer science and I'm transitioning into teaching EL as well so um, I have I have been doing all classroom stuff uh, and tech related uh, tech related things with the with my curriculum in my classroom um, since day one back in 2001 and things were a little bit different back then but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I also have a, co- a coffee fact for you. I have had kopi luwak coffee, um, also known as poop coffee, right? So it's, uh, it's what, the one where the, the cats cats eat the... Eat the eat the beans and poop them out, and then someone uh, goes and takes them and cleans them up, and and then they have that coffee. But the coffee that I had that is Kopi Luwak is the fake stuff from Vietnam. They have uh, they have a fake version that somehow they make over in Vietnam. But I will say it was probably the best coffee I've ever had besides Kona. All
0: right. So hopefully, and uh, inspired by you last time, uh, we did talk about the uh, Kopi Luwak uh, coffee. Um, <laughs> So it's <laughs> all inspired by you. So, what um what does lesson design look like for you, and how does lesson design differ from lesson planning?
2: Oh gosh, that's such a that's such a good question because a lot of times I think people uh, confuse it. Um, I have problems with dogs in the background. You probably probably hear my dogs. Barking. That's okay.
0: It's not me this time, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, my
2: dog Liam. Liam. Can you take your dog outside, please? Nope. Take her outside, please. Fine. I will. I will put her up here, and maybe she'll be good. Because Chihuahuas are like the worst dog ever. Um, seriously, they're like the worst dog ever. And I happen to have one because my son loves this dog, and yeah. So anyway. Do what
0: we. For our kids.
2: We do what we do for our kids. So uh, difference between lesson design, lesson plan, I think a lot of people get, uh, get these things mixed up, and it's not the same. So I think lesson design, um, you can have lesson plans, and you can have hundreds of lesson plans. And there's probably many of us that still have hundreds of lesson plans tucked away in some... Uh, Thing called a file cabinet that is actually written on paper, and we actually have these things. Um, but lesson design comes down to actually a set of like procedures or or protocols that we follow when we're creating when we're creating our lessons. And um, you can have like a core set procedures that you that you follow when or things that you go to when you are doing your lesson so for me I have um, Iron Chef lesson designer Petcha Kucha that I go to a lot um, when I'm doing checking for understanding I go to a lot of the quick formative tools whether it's um, I'm using go formative or I'm using quizzes or I'm using Kahoot um, I'm having students do writing whether and I can do that and um, use Google Docs, and um, they're doing quick writes uh, through um, through comics, or they're using Storybird to do uh, to do writing inspiration. Um, so, what I think then, when you come with lesson design, is you have this set of protocols, this set of procedures that you're following, and it's really condensed. Um, John Carippo says, "Hey, maybe you have um, between ten and twelve protocols uh, that you that you go that are your go-to." I have probably about Um, eight or nine protocols that I that are my go-to given protocols at any given time when I'm creating a lesson and I can and I might and I might use those within um, a Creating a lesson plan, so I don't have a hundred lesson plans anymore. I have my protocols I have my procedures that I follow and I mix and work those in uh, to create a lesson that is meeting the needs of the students. And I, that's what I think also a lesson plan doesn't do, as well as a lesson plan. It can be something from your book. Um, it could be something from uh, some uh, class that you're, that, you're, that you're supposed to teach, and all the curriculum can be online, but they're still there like pre-cut lesson plans, and they have pre-cut things that they're telling you to do, but that's not geared towards the individual learner. Whereas, you're creating your lesson, you have lesson design, you have your protocols and procedures, and you can gear those to your individual learner.
0: That's a really great explanation of the difference between the two. Thank you. That really cleared a lot of stuff up, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners. And for me, too, because I wasn't sure what the difference was. Um, so, thank you for that. You know? yeah, I think a lot of us do that, but don't know the actual for it. Um, so uh, you already talked about, you know, why um, you, know, you should use uh, lesson design and, and you know why it meets you know it meets the needs of individual students. Is there ever a time that we should use the layouts that's provided for us and all of our TEs and that our districts have so diligently and lovingly bought for us?
2: Um. <laughs> Now, that's us Now, I, I would say I am very much one to uh, think outside the box and uh, not go with those, those pre-cut lesson plans. I will say that there is a need and it's necessary to follow a, uh, like the seven-step lesson plan. Um, the good old Madeline Hunter 7 is super important because those are like the key ingredients to create an effective lesson. Okay, you do need a preview. You do need um, check for understanding. You do need some modeling or some input. You do need guided practice. You do need independent practice. Those things that you do need and those are prob- those are um, throughout those type of lessons, but what I think is important is if you're getting like those uh, pre-cut lessons and or those cookie cutter ones and they're saying hey this is your teacher's edition these are the lessons that are in there yeah you can look at that framework and you can say okay how do my protocols fit within that so if they're telling me I have to use this how can I make this how can I use my protocol so that the individual uh, learner then is addressed
0: oh that's so great still looking at the individual learners in our classrooms so you also talked. We wanted to talk to you about um, designing lessons for ELLs. Is there a difference between our EO students designing lessons for them and our ELLs? Is there a difference, or is it basically the same?
2: You know what? I'm going to argue um, that it's basically the same. So after teaching German for 17 years, and now that they're giving me EL classes, okay, I'm I'm looking at it at the same way. Okay, I'm. It just I'm giving them the students the same type of input. I'm just doing it now in English. It's, it's English, it's not German. So it's a lot of, it's reps, repetition, learning to use the language, learning to use the language appropriately. And a lot of the same, those same procedures, those same uh, things that I go to and for teaching a foreign language applies exactly the same for our English, our English learners. They're learning a foreign language. Their foreign language is, is English. So we, uh, I'm using those same exact skills, and a lot of it does come back to reps and uh, being able to use, use the language repetitively. How are they going to get better by it? By using it. How are they going to get better by their writing? By continuously, uh, by continuously doing it, um, making those mistakes, learning for, uh, and failing forward, as, you know, as I, a lot of us like to say, um, but it's the same. So there's some people that might argue that against uh, against that and say no, you have to do these special special skills that you need for your for your ELL students. And no, you don't. It's 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 the same thing as if you were to teach a student um, beginning uh, algebra, okay. And you're breaking down those skills for beginning algebra, okay. You're doing the same thing for basic skills for a language. You're doing basic skills for writing. Yeah, ELL EL students have to have the same exact thing. So. It's, its reps and it's going back and doing the procedure over and over and over mixing different ways in in, in how they do that students aren't always going to open up a Google Doc and, and be doing writing on a Google Doc okay they're going to be doing a lot of different um, different things to be able to bring writing out uh, and they it might be a tech tool it might not be a tech tool and and tech is not always necessarily part of the lesson okay it might not be the might not be the end product but again it's all about repetition and and following doing those same same protocols.
0: I'm so glad you said repetitions too. Uh, John Carripo again mentioning him um, is very famous for saying you just need the repetitions in his eight parts of speech and and all those things and yeah it's all about the reps and getting used to it. Um, so you also said um, that you do uh, like robotics and coding and things like that. So how does all of that Fit into
2: the lesson design. How does all that fit into lesson design? Well, see, I I do a I, I teach I teach computer science also. Um, so I teach computer science intro and AP computer science principles. I run the t- student tech leadership class at my um, at my school. So a lot of that is programming and robotics is is a lot. Uh, part of that, but programming and robotics is also can be a part of any of those curriculums. So, uh, what I think of is for lesson design—that's that—that be, becomes one of my my go-to's. That becomes one of my procedures is doing things for coding and bringing that into into lessons. So, uh, pseudocode is a super important way to teach students how to write. Okay, students are um, writing down uh, the procedures what they want a uh, they want a robot to do they put they put a robot together now they have to write the code for it well they don't necessarily know know the code but you teach them pseudocode and pseudocode gives them the the starting point to actually do writing and they can do um, writing and then be able to talk about what they want the robot to do and then you can get into the whole programming aspect and um, bring programming into it uh, of of what you, the, student, you know, the students are supposed to do with the programming language. Whether they're doing um, Scratch, or they're doing Python, or they're doing uh, another type of block code, like MakeCode, um, or iForge, or any of those tools that are out there. Um, I think that uh, a lot of it does start with pseudocode, though. And I think pseudocode is super important to get students to understand the logic of programming. Um, and then also gets them into the uh, being able to write what they want to actually happen with
0: so the pseudocode is that a beginning type language is it something that they make up is it saying that I want the robot to walk five steps forward can you explain a little bit what pseudocode is for our listeners and me
2: sure yeah yeah <laughs> the, the pseudocode can have like certain um, I guess, uh, syntax, certain ways of writing that you want something to do. But it can also uh, be a lot more simplified than that. So pseudocode for a, for, and whether it's an elementary student, it can be an English student, it can be an uh, EL student. Oh my goodness, we're almost done. It's um, uh, one did, minute
0: to, to start wrapping it up, but go ahead. I, I'm interested in, in learning a little bit more about this pseudocode. Go.
2: But you're writing down, you could be writing down the code what you want basically the robot to do, but it's not actually a given language. So you might say, um, bot go forward two feet, turn left 90 degrees, scan for object, if no object, go forward, if object, turn right and it can it gives a layout of what you want a program to do but it's not actual programming language but you see the logic of what the program is supposed to do
0: oh okay that's awesome and is that an actual program that you have to download to do or is it just kind of walking through it like with the kids and they actually go through it like walk?
2: it's you just go you can go through basic uh, the basic syntax um of what you would want a a, a a student to do, or how they would describe um, what they want to actually have happen in the program. Um, but yeah, there, I can say that there is certain syntax I guess you're supposed to follow with with um, pseudocode, but you don't have to follow with, uh, fall within those boundaries. You can say, okay, kids, I want you to describe what you want your robot to do in simple language. It's not a programming language, it's just logic, okay? And it gets them thinking about, okay, this is what you want it to do. I have students go to whiteboards, and they write it down on a whiteboard what they want their um, program to do. Then they argue about it, they talk about it in a small group, what they want it to do, and then they have to be able to explain back to the class what they want their bot to do. Then they can go to the programming, to actual programming language, and then they see the logic of what they want to have happen, and they put it together.
0: Oh, that's beautiful! Thank you, Nancy.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that's great because that's a, an easy way to for EL students to use language in a meaningful way, but they don't have to yep. use a lot of language. So they can use nope. what they know, and I, I really like that.
2: Yep, and it gets them it gets them uh talking about stuff that. They most kids care about programming a robot and they can start caring about it'll start, they'll talk about stuff, yeah. present about stuff, write about stuff that they care about.
1: That's true. All right. Um, so
0: that's the end of um this episode. So we went a little bit over, but we I was we were really interested. I was really interested too um with the whole pseudocode. I had never heard of that. So I thank you. I learned something new. I love learning new things. Um Yes. So, go, um, so thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed uh, the show tonight, so please go ahead and leave us a comment um, and let us know. So you can leave us a comment here. Uh, join us again on Monday, August 21st. And we're going to have an, a little bit of an adjustment on the time. It's going to be at 5, And no, excuse me, uh, 530 Um What are we? We're Pacific. So 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. So our guest will be Aida Awad. I hope I said her name right. And she will be talking to us about GeoTools. We love GeoTools.
1: GeoTools are the best. So remember, we're always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. If you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit TLC.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. So. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, and tonight's comment question, uh, if you are using, have you ever heard of pseudocode? Do you use it? Are you going to use it now? We'd love to know. So please put that in the comments. Be sure to subscribe. And uh, if you like the video, give us a thumbs up. Thanks.